This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Welcome to the Doggish Podcast, the podcast dedicated to dog parents and the topics, events, and personalities impacting their lives. My name's Jason Arias, uh, co-founder of Forever USA, and this is my co-host. And this has been a, a question that I've been actually dying and I've been holding on to for quite some time, Miss Sylvia. Oh how my goodness. You, how, yeah, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, let's be real. That's actually my maiden name. Right, right. Um, but phonetically, so Wesolowski. Wesolowski? Mm-hmm. Is that Polish? It sure is. Very good. Yeah. So we have Sylvia Wesolowski and your your married last name is? Raffield. Raffield. Yeah. But professionally, I still go by Wes. Just Wes? Just Wes. Just Sylvia Wes? That's me. Easy. Okay. And you are the owner of Dog Up in This Pit. Dog Up, dog up in This Bitch. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, dog training, right? Absolutely. What yes. Kind of, what other kind of stuff do you do? Oh my gosh. The, well, this, I do this kind of stuff. What else do I do? Um, I like macrame. No, I'm just kidding. I don't macrame. Um, aside from just always constantly having a dog up in this bitch, there's not really much else going on in my life other than a flurry of animals running around at any given time. I have two taking over my house right now. Um, but let's see. I do a lot of brand ambassador work. So I work as a brand ambassador for Rover.com, uh, Doggo training app, which is a global training app. I do work for... Uh, so you, you've got you've got a lot of different stuff. On listen, I just, I just make it happen. You know, I really like getting out there. You and I met uh, because of a brand collaboration that I was doing with with dog owners outdoor gear. Well, let's not jump too far ahead because we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna freeze there. Okay. Are you you good now? You're the boss. I'm just good. here. All right. So today that's actually what we're gonna break down. We're gonna break down all of the things about you and about me and what excites us about uh, this new venture that we've taken together. Cool. I'm very excited. I'm super happy to be doing this. So <clears throat> let, let's uh, maybe kind of break down some of those topics. Like we um, we first met a little over a year ago when uh, when Forever was on the uh, Rescue Heroes road tour and mm-hmm. we came down and we visited you in Los Angeles and in your in your big forever bus yeah <laughs> and I'll never forget the moment when we like it was one of those times when um, when you connect with somebody on a very short amount of time but then like Christy was actually like all weepy eyed and, and sad when we had to leave you so yeah same so then uh, not too long ago um, kind of the idea of, of launching a podcast popped up and I knew that I had to have you as the partner in that so I reached out to you Gosh. and I spun the idea of of wanting to um, really get into the nitty gritty of some of the topics that are um, affecting dog parents and not just the light fluffy stuff, but everything from, um, I mean, the dark ones are going to be euthanasia and animal rescues and the more positive ones, like how do we, you know, correctly train our dogs? Cause these are like, we're, we're dog photographers. There's so much that is out there in the animal community that a lot of misinformation and wrong information, whether it comes to dog training or is it just even leashes or all these different stuff yeah. that um, I think the public like to hear about especially dog moms and dog dads. For sure. I mean, the 
thing that I find totally fascinating about this world, which I mean, like blew my brain hole open when I heard it is this is uh, like a $75 billion industry, the dog industry mm-hmm. um, here in the United States. Globally, it's about a hundred billion. So we, <laughs> we here in the U S love our dogs. Um, but with that being said, that's a lot of products, pet care, professionals, um, advertising. Yeah, that's that's a lot of stuff going on in $75 billion of spending. So I guess what I love about the focus of this podcast is that we're really just going to be having conversations with different people, each other. I mean, you have so much to bring. I have over a decade in this industry working on all different levels of of dogness, if you will. (laughs) So I think it's just going to be really fascinating to kind of have lots of different opinions going on and really kind of get to the bottom of what we think, at least what I think is going to be best. I'm a dog mom too. So some of these questions are for me. Like I want to know what is the best dog food is raw, all of that. It's cracked up to be, you know, like what, what does early socialization, you know, vaccination look like? And um, yeah, I think it's going to be really helpful. I think it's going to be really um, fun. Hopefully we're entertaining. I don't know. Everyone thinks go ahead at the at the worst case that's why we're gonna have some other great guests too yeah we we have one of those nespressos and it's got the frother super neat future investments hashtag goals i think apparently our next will be a a coffee podcast Mm, but not but not coffee and dogs they go together right in the morning there's all those there's all those shirts that say drink coffee play with dogs something or there could be yeah we should make one of those we can do that we can absolutely do that drink coffee play with dogs listen to dogish oh love it love it love it okay hit me with some more questions i'm so ready now that i have my latte all right so we just spent a little bit of time talking about what's going to make this show so amazing and now what I'd love to do is learn a little bit about you. Uh, we know, like like I said, we, we met each other uh, on the road tour and we got to hang out for a little bit then. And we've talked uh, this and then or, or intermittently in between uh, lately. But what we haven't really got to do is spend very much time um, really kind of getting to know each other. Like I know you're awesome and you have all of these great connections and you've done all of these amazing, amazing things. And it seems like every single time I talk to you, you're off on a new adventure or getting married or going somewhere super cool. So, um, so yeah, so like, I'd love to learn a little bit more about who Sylvia Wes is. Um, like you've been doing this for a decade now, right? Yeah. I've been doing this for a decade. How'd you get started? Oh man, actually in college. So I just, um, my sister's really good friend lived around the corner from my school. I came to LA because I went to the American Musical and Dramatics Academy on a full ride scholarship. I was the the what? The the American Musical and Dramatics Academy. Okay. Yeah. I was a singer dancer or actor in that order. Yeah. Um, and so you can sing? Yeah, I can. <laughs> I was professionally trained for like years and years wow. and years. Um, yeah. So I competed and went all over the country for nationals and and I was a ballerina. So, you know, I was an artist kid. Um, and then I got into musicals and that was my passion. So I went to college for musical theater. Um, but my sister's best friend lived around the corner from my college and instead of living in the dorms, I would go dog house sit for her. And um, yeah, and then 
then I graduated and she like gave my number to somebody who had me like dog walk for them. So that was really my first foray. So this, never, this kind of yeah. started out as a side hustle for you. Yeah. Like never in a million years was I was like, I'm going to be a crazy dog lady when I grow up, you know, <laughs> like 18 year old <laughs> Sylvia was like, this is cool, but like, I'm going to be an actor anyways. So cut to, I like ended up getting this job because, you know, you got to pay bills and LA is expensive, mm-hmm. y'all. An expensive city. So I got a, like a sales job. Uh, it was very exciting in Beverly Hills. That's actually where I met my husband. Uh, so you guys have known each other for a while. 2010 is when we met. Cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was not for me. I was really depressed in sitting sales. in a cubicle. Yeah, I mean, I was just like in a cubicle in some office as like a as like an artist. I, know I grew up in the country. So I grew up in wine country in Temecula on like a two acre ranch. Okay. So I had like goats and my mom's favorite animal is goats. So we had goats and geese and chickens and ducks. And I think at one point I had accumulated 13 cats on the property just because I was a stray collector. Uh, <laughs> and we had five dogs, two bunnies. But at least it was like, a. it sounds like it's a farm, not a, not an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It was, it was big. We, we had some, we had some room and my mom, for some reason has a weird eye for turtles. We'd be like okay. driving down the road and she'd be like, ah, like slamming on the brakes and get out because there's a turtle crossing the road. There's turtles so, in Temecula? Not anymore, but we had three that she road rescued. Okay. Where, yeah. where were these turtles coming from? <laughs> yeah. This is the mystery. <laughs> like we're just like driving down Glen Oaks Road at freaking 55 miles per hour because that's the speed limit. And this woman would see a turtle in the middle of a two lane street. I'm like, so anyway, needless to say, I get my my animal lover from my mom. <laughs> um, that I Anyway, so I'm working the sales job. It sucks. I'm super depressed. I think I got up to 250 pounds, just totally not happy with my life. I left and I just, um, the one saving grace I had at that point was my little rescue dog that I had rescued a year prior and um, my little Tallulah bean. And I just took, it took me like three months after that to really kind of get back on my feet and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. At that point, you know, I was 22. What I went to college for was not what I wanted to do. And I was just like, I don't know. You know, um, my dad was uh, very much and still is at 78. My God, he's still an entrepreneur. So I just, I just kind of like was like, whatever, we'll figure it out. And um, I knew I wanted to work with animals, especially after Tallulah. I knew I wanted to work with rescues. And also, let me, let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. This was something that was new for me. When, mm. um, when you had Tallulah in your life, were you aware of the rescue community at the time or was she just a dog to you. She's just a dog to me. Yeah. I rescued because I knew, well, actually, my husband, who was just my friend at the time, was like, there's this great shop on Melrose called Bark and Bitches. You should totally rescue a dog. And I was like, rescue? You know, <laughs> what's that? And he was like, come on down to the store. So we went and Bark and Bitches was this really cool place. They unfortunately had to close last year, but, um, or the, earlier this year. And they, um, they had all the rescue dogs just out. Mm-hmm. It was like a pet shop, but it was all rescue. So you could like go in the store and just hang out with right. 20 dogs. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And I, you know, and she found me and it was Liv and I took her home with me. And then um, yeah, so after some depressive television binge watching, I stumbled upon uh, God, what was that show? I think it was called Shorty's Rescue. Okay. Do you remember that show? It was about, the, it was about the little people and the pit bulls. I don't. Okay. So it was, it was a show and I like binge watched it and I was like, I should work at a rescue. So I volunteered. At a, I sent in some volunteer applications 
Gardens, a rescue got back to me. I showed up there. I'm like 23 to volunteer with like all these kids who were like 12 <laughs> doing their community service hours. And the owner looks at me and she's like, why are you here? And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm kind of aimless and I think I'd like to run a rescue one day and I just want to see what it's like. And she's like, well, I need help. So you're hired. And I was like, oh, OK. And then, yep. yeah. And then, yeah, I think, you know, universal timing works like that. And then uh, <sighs> then I worked at a rescue for two years and that was um, we cared for like 200 animals. It was nuts. Wow. It's like a big facility. It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. So and then the rest is into, history. Well, how did I'm you get into training? Okay. So you went from <laughs> you went from uh, uh, like side gig uh, dog mm. watching and, and walking um, to working at a rescue. And now you own dog up in this bitch dog training. Um, how long have you been doing that? Oh, man. Let's see. I got certified officially in 2016. That's when my certif my first certification came through. I just got another certification as a dog trainer. Did you do that? Did Were you going, like, did you get into dog training uh, knowing that you needed to get certified or? Yeah, I actually, um, well, first I got into pet sitting. So okay. when I, Is there when certifications I left, for that? No, I mean, there probably should be, let's be real. Um, right. I was like a tw <laughs> 25 years old, just like caring for people's animals. I don't know, but um, <laughs> with no experience other than just like, I love dogs and like, yeah. I mean, at that point I luckily had experience because I worked in the, in the, in the shelter for two years. So I had lots of medication experience. I was administering vaccines. I was dressing wounds. I was identifying, you know, sick fecal. Um, it was a crazy whirlwind of an education. And uh, I left there and I got a job working as a dog walker. I was walking 17 homes per day wow. just to like make ends. I was not making like any money, but I loved it. And then I was like, how do I promote myself? And that's when I decided, you know, I should become a dog trainer. And, and a lot of what I was like reading before I went and got certified uh, was just how many dogs are, are actually in our shelter systems because of behavioral issues. I think it's something like 90% of the dogs that get returned to a shelter is because of something behavioral. And so for me, as a rescue lover and a rescue advocate, I was like, how do I get underneath this problem? You know, because I worked on the other side and I remember getting the calls from the people who are like, my dog just keeps peeing in my house and I just can't do it anymore. Like I need to bring them in and you guys don't kill animals. And it was just, you know, it was overwhelming to get those kinds of calls and really be powerless um, yeah. other than being able to take the dog in and rehome it somewhere. And also this is 2012. I, dog training was not as prevalent as it is now. Like now you I think the only celebrity dog trainer was Cesar Milan. That was the only thing that was going on back then. You know, now you've got like all these YouTube sensations and like dog trainers who are out there like really pushing science and, you know, healthy dog training. And it's becoming a trend for people to want to train their dogs um, where it just wasn't, you know, it's people didn't go, oh, I should get a trainer. They'd be like, oh, this, this is just a bad dog. We should just return it. Right. You know, um, I got a lemon. <laughs> no lemons. There's no lemons, you know, um, it, by that logic, they're all lemons. 
lemons, you know, aren't we all? Yeah. Right. Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we just got done, uh, kind of doing the, the past past of Miss Sylvia West here and learning how she went from dog walker and watcher and moving from there into a rescue and then got it start, got started with, um, uh, training. And you kind of mentioned that it was to give you a little bit more exposure in the, um, the dog walking business at the time. But one of the things that was making you feel powerless was when you found out how many people were um, uh, uh, dropping off their dogs at shelters just because they had behavioral issues. And that kind of really inspired you to get deeper into the dog training from what it sounded like. Yeah, totally. And also just like being a dog walker and being a pet sitter and just experiencing so many dogs, <laughs> so many dogs. Um, I, you know, just to give you an example, because really becoming a full, full-time trainer is something that's happened to me this year. I worked as a trainer and a pet sitter for, for a few years. So last last year for Christmas, I had 11 dogs that I was caring for. Wow. Um, yeah. So lots of dogs in and out, in and out. In so what does out. that mean? When, when you say that you're caring for 11 dogs, what does that mean? I mean, like I was boarding 11 dogs. Okay. Yeah. So you were, you were feeding them, training them, the, all social interactions. All making sure everybody's healthy, making sure everybody's getting walks, making sure everybody's just loved because they don't have their parents. Right. And then, you know, I'm also an overachiever. So like everybody wrote a letter to Santa Paws and we did pictures with their letters to Santa Paws. I'll need to like, we'll need to upload one as like auxiliary info oh. for this podcast. And then I would do, you know, all the while I'm like managing a social media account. So I'm like doing a giveaway and like, it's just, just nuts. I don't know. I think I'm crazy, Jason. But um, so that was actually one of the things that was fascinating and also slightly a, a bit confusing uh, when we got to meet each other on the tour last year was I couldn't quite figure out what it was that you did do. Like I couldn't put my thumb on what that was because uh, you were doing stuff with Rover, which I, I still don't totally understand. You were doing stuff with Doug. Um, you had your own brand with Dog Up in This Bitch and you were helping us and you were actually excited to be getting involved with what we were doing on the tour. And you were a advocate for rescues. Like you were like, all over the place. Um, but that's the but thing though. It's all, it's cool. all on brand. It's all on brand. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, my brand is that I'm a mess and no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. So, um, so when I left the rescue, I actually already had set up my Rover account. So I've been on Rover.com since 2013. So what's, what's Rover? Rover.com Rover is like a pet sitting platform where you can basically like advertise. It's kind of like um, a task rabbit or, okay. or something like that, but specifically for pet sitting. Um, okay. And, and I worked with them for a really long time. I uh, had like my own pet sitting business on the side that I was doing through Rover. I was also employed by a company doing dog walking and pet sitting. I'm like the ultimate independent contractor. That's what I did for years. This is my first year really like having my own business. I worked as an independent contractor. I would have like 10, 1099s come through in January. <laughs> my account, I must have been my accountant's worst nightmare. She was like, what is this? What's happening? Um, <laughs> it's just like piecemeal it all together. Together. No, but um, Rover kind of tapped me, I think it was in 2016, to do some spokesperson work for them. And I shot like a national commercial for NBC for Clear the Shelters Day for them. That's and then cool. that's where that relationship started. So now I work as like an ambassador slash spokesperson on the sitter side for Rover. Um, Duke was a brand collaboration that I do. So I work as like their event liaison and U.S. ambassador. Um, so Duke is based out of uh, Australia. Australia. Right. Yep. Yeah. And they focus mostly, mostly on uh, dog toys and gear. Yeah, gear. I found them. Uh, dog owners, outdoor gear is what dog owners, outdoor gear. Yeah. 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 And so I found them when I was a dog walker 
because their dog walking belt is literally the best dog. I still own five of them, but I used to have to import them from Australia because they didn't sell them here. So I'd like import their gear and then, yeah. And then they were, then we connected and I don't know how I do the things I do. Like, I don't even know why I'm sitting here with you today, Jason, but I just, I I get passionate about things and I, I follow through and I get passionate about people. And, and I just, I just follow my gut. And now I'm sitting here on the heels of a blossoming dog training business that's just growing exponentially. And I don't even know to, to say that I don't know how it happened is me being completely genuine. I think I just put my head down and picked a path and rolled with it. And after I graduated from my dog training school, so I did want to get certified because I sure. didn't want to just be another like quote unquote dog trainer. So, yeah. So that'll be one of the u- things that's uh, unique between our trades. Like photography, there's uh, you can get certifications, but you don't need a certification to actually be a professional photographer. Um, yeah. But um, how does that relate in the dog training community? Are there a lot of people you who are don't, out there? Yeah, you don't need... It's... Ugh. Seeing. Which we'll, we'll we'll have a whole topic just <laughs> on this whole like, thing just like, on this. just on dog training. And- yeah, yeah. I mean, the long and short of it is, it's a completely unregulated industry. That's why there's so many like polarizing views. You know, whether you stand on one side of the aisle or the other. You know, like if you have a dog and you've worked with a dog trainer who uses compulsion training. I personally am a positive reinforcement dog trainer. So there's just there's a lot of different avenues to go down with it. Um, but it's unregulated at the at the end of the day. There's no like licensing. I remember I was a realtor for a half a minute. Oh my God. I forgot about that. I, I was a license. <laughs> I was a licensed realtor when I was 19. Um, I had my real estate license, but um, like that industry is regulated. Yeah. I had to take a test right. with the state board to get licensed, but you don't have to do that as a dog trainer. So it's very dangerous. You know, anybody can go out on the street and be like, you know what? I'm great with dogs. I trained my dog. Look at how good my dog is and say they're a dog trainer. Um, I, you know, I was training dogs obviously because I had so many dogs around me. And when you're walking 17 dogs a day and doing pack hikes with up to seven, 10, 11 dogs, you, there's some training going on, you know, like there's definitely like order being kept and uh, information being communicated. So when that was happening for me and I was doing that, I was like, you know what? I need to know what I'm talking about. You know, like I can't just sit here and, you know, watch like episodes or videos online and then call myself dog trainer. So I went to uh, one second. I went to uh, 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 uh. speaking of dog training, my board and train is trying to make it escape from the hallway. Um, he's like trying to crawl over the baby gate. Um, so, and dog up in this bitch, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, but um, yeah, I knew I wanted to be certified. So I went to I went to animal behavioral college, uh, which was a one year course. I had to read oh, so much. I got certified in CPR. I um, had to do an externship. So I had to actually go work with a mentor trainer and uh, do all that stuff. And then I and then I got my certification. And that's wow. when I really started advertising myself as a dog trainer. Cool. Very, very cool. It's, mm. uh, one last question about this. Yeah. Where did you get the name Dog Up in the Spinch? Oh, okay. This is, this is actually really good. So my Instagram and my brand used to just be Dog Walker Life because I was a dog walker. Primarily, yeah, yeah. that's what I did. And I started like foraying into dog training and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know that that really fits anymore. And um, I one time was driving in my car because I drove so 
so much as a dog walker. Sure. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of driving. And I was behind this car that had a hilarious bumper sticker that said baby up in this bitch. And I was like, I need one of those that says dog. And so it didn't exist. So I made it and I made it. And it was like like a little baby on board. Yeah, like the, the road construction. Yeah, thing. like the little yeah, baby yeah. on board signs. But it just yeah. said dog up in this bitch. And um, I sold them on my Instagram. And um, and then I was like, wait a second. This should this is my brand. Like literally <laughs> at any given time, I, I, you would not like I used to have a joke that my my car had a two dog minimum to start like it wouldn't turn on if just there wasn't right, at right, least right, right. two if there wasn't at least two dogs in my car um so so yeah so i feel That's like it, it was it was inspired yeah. by a baby on board by a baby on board right. <laughs> by a baby on board sign yeah that's and it's accurate because i i didn't know as you know how to explain in a in a word in a phrase sure. what it is that i do um so you know, it's kind of like this podcast name that we came up with, you know, dogish. Right. It's like, how do we explain everything that we're going to talk about? You right. know, yeah, 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 totally. it's, you know, it's dogish. So, yeah, yeah, that's everything that I touch in my life has a dog up in it. So that's something dog related. <laughs> dog. Love, oh. love it. Love it. OK, let's All take right. another quick break and then we will come back again. Okay, so we just got done uh, learning about Dog Up in This Bitch and um, uh, Sylvia's journey from being a dog watcher and dog sitter and dog walker and how she was a real estate agent for a brief amount of time. <laughs> and um, No an actor, Dog Up in That Bitch at that time. An actor, a singer, um, a rescue bleeding heart uh, worker, like all of these things and uh, saw a baby on board and decided she wanted to do dog up in this bitch and how do you think that uh, up to where we're at now? i'm pretty sure that's like the most accurate <laughs> summation of my mind i've ever heard in my life like i feel like if you were to like crack open my brain you'd be like oh there's a lot of shit right. in here right <laughs> you just kind of you'd be like nah, okay let's see bleeding heart rescue advocate oh baby on board sign oh dog up in this bitch perfect there you go <laughs> Was bang, um. and, then, and then we came together um, just from uh, so like in 2019, uh, Forever USA decided it wanted to go on a road tour, photographing the stories of how dogs, yeah. uh, particularly rescue dogs, impacted people's lives across the United States, and looking for those yeah. stories. Um, yeah, I'm trying did, to think about how exactly. I'm trying I... to figure, like how did you find out about it? Because I know we we're uh, advertising to the entire United States, but how did we connect? Okay, I remember. I remember now. So in all my outreaches. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when I was when I was first becoming a social media maven, which I'm not by any means, I have like a thousand followers. But anyways, I, I, you know, that never stopped me. I was doing outreach into different brands and actually reached out to the Forever brand. And I was like, hey, guys, do you want to collaborate with me? And um, nothing. (laughs) And then, no. And then you started the Rescue Heroes Road Tour and you were like, we'd love to collaborate. And at that point, I was already working with Duke. So I was like, I have just the thing let me put you in touch with this company that I represent and let's see if we can't get you some Duke gear to take all across yeah, the nation. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's how that all went down. And then you guys were like, we're coming to LA. And I was like, I'm meeting you in LA. And we met at a restaurant in North Hollywood to keep it coach because truly we were internet strangers and you yeah, never yeah, meet totally. an internet stranger, like in a private area. So yeah. we were like, let's be in public in case either one of us is secretly a murderer. Right. Um, and you were there with your family. 
family. So I can't even imagine how terrified you were. You're like, there's this crazy woman. She says dog up in this bitch. I don't know. I, she may roll up with like eight giant, like mastiffs and eat my children, kidnap us. Mary had been talking to you quite a bit at that point. She was (laughs) excited. So I I wasn't too worried. And um, what was the restaurant we went to? I don't, some dogs. It it was dog something. Dog something. They had cute dog wallpaper that Chris, that Chrissy and I took selfies in front of. That's right. And you should have, that would have been, if you could have seen the, um, that was by far one of the more difficult places. So we had this 28 foot uh, mini Winnie class C motorhome that we're driving around. And that day we had through we LA. In, yeah. That's by far the worst roads. The only time that the, the whole motorhome almost came off the ground was on the freeways driving through Los Angeles. <laughs> it, it's so bad. <laughs> it was bad, like bad. Like that was the only time that I got scared that things were like flying in the back of the motorhome <laughs> up and down. And um, you're like, why doesn't this thing have seatbelts? Yeah, you're, you're supposed to wear them. Uh, and, and while that was bad maneuvering through the streets, like trying to find parking, um, when you're 28 feet long in a town that is meant for large bicycles, Like, like we would sit there and we would stock. I remember this place in particular, we sat and we stocked waiting for somebody to move. Cause we had one parking spot, but we needed the car in front of us to move so that we weren't parked in a fire lane and didn't have to walk three miles to the restaurant with the kids and the dogs and, and the nanny and like all of that kind of stuff. And the gear and the gifts. Right. And at the same exact time, we still wanted to have like the photo ops, you know, with the restaurant and with you. And, and, and that, that was, that was an adventure. Los Angeles. And I remember um, there was a whole nother time when we wanted to go to the, the beach over there and there was nowhere to probably like nowhere. So it was just like, stop on a busy road, kick everybody out with the dogs. And then hopefully when I was making a loop around and around and around one of the next trips coming back, Christy and the kids and the dogs were in a good enough spot to jump back into the RV. So that we could just drive off. It was nuts. Yeah. I mean, that pretty much is an accurate summation of parking in Los Angeles. That's, and that's, I do that in my Nissan. Same experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kick all the dogs out. They hike themselves. I loop around. They jump back right. in the car. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so we met and um, I mean, to this point, we're still total strangers. No, I'm just kidding. We know each other. We're like soul friends. I feel like we've yeah, known yeah, each yeah. other for a really long time. But um, yeah, I guess what what inspired you? First of all, let's rewind to this motorhome experience. Why? What inspired you to pack your two children who are how old are your kids again? Uh, they're they're 10 and seven now. So nine and six. Right. <laughs> yep. Into a 20 foot RV with your feet. 20. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You, those extra eight feet matter. You would be surprised in an RV. Yeah. That's a whole bedroom. <laughs> That's a whole bedroom. <laughs> so you've got, so let me, let me just paint this picture for, for everybody. So yeah, yeah. we've got you, we've got your wife who yes. Christy is not a small personality. She's lovely. Um, we've got the <laughs> nanny. Like, Christy is not small. I was like, she's about as small as you. She's <laughs> tiny, but personality is right. on fleek. Um, we've got the nanny slash assistant yep. who god save her because i don't know what she was thinking your two dogs yes brownie and max brownie and max yep which brownie is not small by any means no, no, max no. is a little smaller yeah max is a big pug and brownie, big pug yeah yeah and brownie is uh like 35 40 pound not small there's your eight feet right there yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right out the window right so so there's seven of you yeah. <laughs> yeah, rv yeah. going around the whole country so what explain this to me what what inspired this and what made you think it was a good idea? Um, it was Christie's idea, actually. And of course it was. Yeah. And um, we were we were trying to dream up. So forever, uh, forever Reno started in Reno, obviously. And it was just 
a small project photographing uh, rescue dogs and their owners in the Reno area. Um, and that quickly expanded we to other people that were like, how can we get involved? What can we do? We had the book that was coming out. Um, and that was in 2018, sorry, 2017. So 2017 and 2018. And by the beginning of 2018, we figured we needed to do something uh, bigger with this. So we launched Forever USA in June of 2018 um, and got through that entire year. Um, and in the beginning of 2019, we really wanted to figure out how could we embrace the USA? Like, what do we need to do to get on the map of not just being a small local project, but something was going to go around the United States? And Christy just, we said, what if we just hopped in the RV and traveled the United States photographing dogs? And so we um, we spent some time dreaming that up and figuring out like, how are we going to um, get that to be something viral, give us the best opportunity? What could we do to get on news stations around the United States, all of that kind of stuff. And it really just went back to the core message of um, photographing and more so sharing the stories of how rescue dogs in particular have impacted and changed people's lives and sharing those stories. Because one of the things we'd quickly found from um, talking to people and photographing people in the past was that most of the time, <clears throat> and this is still true today, if you ask somebody to tell me their story about the rescue dog, a lot of people, they just jump directly to the bad parts of the story. Like, oh, mm. I found this dog and it was left in a field and it was malnourished and somebody beat it and somebody racked duct tape around the way. Like these horrific mm. stories that we heard. Mm -hmm. But the, the problem with that was that um, as they're sharing that, those are the stories that are sticking with people who aren't familiar with, uh, with, with rescues and how amazing and how loving they are. And yeah. it almost like uh, taints their idea of what a rescue is. That's that's why um, when you ask people about shelters or sanctuaries or all these things, they have such a negative connotation because they think that they're just full of a bunch of abused, broken animals. Um, yeah. And so we wanted to flip it on its head. So we really wanted to get back to like, share your stories with us on how this dog or your dogs have changed your lives and the positive impact that they've made there and photographing them. And so our books, when you flip through them and look at them, I, I don't think anybody ever really thinks rescues when they see them, right? It's because we've separated that, but we're trying to reconnect the word rescue and getting rid of that stigma. And we just figured going around the United States to do that was the best way. And we were looking at expanding to other photography studios. So we had studios in Sacramento and in Reno, but we also had a large connection of photographers that we knew from, um, Christy and I have been in the photography industry for 12 years now, something like that. And so we just drove and visited our friends, told them about the projects. Um, and then at each of the cities that we visited, we would connect with different rescues and we were trying to raise money to give away uh, to those rescues as well. So I want to, I want to like pause and then rewind a little bit because you and Christy. So let's, so you, let's pause and rewind after this next little. After break. the next little break, yep. I agree. And then we've got like nine more minutes that we can that we can talk about it. Okay, so we were just learning about the. Uh, the Rescue Heroes Road Tour. Um, Wait, now, hold on. I can do this part. Okay, you do so it. we were just <laughs> we were just chatting with Jason now. Yep. I was just chatting with Jason about, uh, you know, a little bit more about how we met and what inspired him and his wife to take off in an RV across the country for the Rescue Hero, Rescued Heroes Road Tour to help change the stigma about rescue dogs and get people to connect the idea and the word rescue with something much more loving and positive, uh, which I just think is beautiful. Um, but 
But what I wanted to touch on, because we, we were getting to, is a little bit about you and Christy yep. and your photography business. The fact that you've been photographers for 12 years. I mean, there's so much stuff you could photograph, Jason. What brought you to dogs? What inspired you to photograph dogs? And then more specifically, rescue dogs. Like, where does your bleeding heart rescue advocate come into play in all this? So, uh, so Christy and I met in 2009, um, and she was living on the East Coast at the time. And um, I razzled and dazzled and wooed her until she decided to move to the West Coast. And, and we were living in Phoenix. And that's where we started family and business. And, and our primary focus at the time was uh, wedding photography. So we were traveling all over the world, um, photographing these amazing couples and these amazing locations. And it was a lot of fun. But what we quickly realized and learned was once you have a family, it becomes much more difficult to travel um, and a little bit cost prohibitive, uh, depending on what you're charging for weddings and the time off and all that stuff. So then we transitioned into being more of a portrait studio and we loved photographing our families and and um, and focusing on that. Um, but we we had an opportunity to open up a little bit of a, a pop-up shop um, at a, a local hotel here in town. And we quickly realized when we were going to put up some of our uh, artwork and, and photography is that um, people love pictures, but they don't really care about pictures of other people's families. Nobody was going to stop at a little gallery to, to stare at other people's kids or, you know, um, but they would for other people's animals. Like we have that connection mm-hmm. and, and we'll stop in and we'll take a look there. But we still wanted to figure out like it was a community room. So how are we going to make sure that we were giving back to the community? Because that's what it was going to be about. And so that's where we wanted to photograph animals in our community and then give back to rescues and nonprofits through the sales of the books that we were doing here. Um, and that really kind of just unfolded the, um, and I had asked you the question earlier, if when you uh, rescued your first dog, did you recognize it as a rescue? Because I didn't. So um, my first dog that I had like as an adult on my own, her name was Nina. And when I adopted her, um, she was from Craigslist, but not a puppy. It was like somebody that there was a dog that they were trying to get rid of. And she was a Jack Russell Beagle mix. And she was just the sweetest thing. She hated everybody else, but she thought that I was just the best on the planet. Um, but I never saw her as a rescue. You know, at the time I was just looking for somebody to come share the house with me. And so, um, so fast forward to this, when all of a sudden I, I realized that uh, she was a rescue and uh, rescues are, uh, I don't want to say more loving because I think all dogs are loving, but they, they often seem to have a, a different level of uh, maybe appreciation or I don't know, maybe we, maybe we read into that as, as dog parents. Um, but as we were photographing the uh, dogs and their families, I remember the day almost specifically um, one of our clients came in and they, they said, Oh, we got to run home and drop off our dogs. And, and then we got to run a bunch of errands. And my first inclination was like, if you want to leave the dogs here, you guys can totally leave them here and go run your errands. And it, it instantly triggered through my brain that I would never in a million years tell parents that they could leave their kids at our studio <laughs> ever. <laughs> So, but you can leave I mean, the dogs thank here God all day. For that. Thank right. God for that. <laughs> and so uh, that's when I knew that we were just on the right track with something that we loved. You know, it was, um, we could do, like, it would seem like if we're a dog photography studio that we should have like a dog that's hanging out at the studio with us all the time, but it doesn't work mm. because other people bringing in their dogs and pets and stuff. Um, but we were always anxious to have that vibe and, and energy around. And, and so it just kind of grew from there. And um, oddly enough, Christy didn't grow up in a 
she, she wasn't like in an anti-dog family. So there, you've mm. got anti-dog families, you've got the people that sit in the middle and then you've got dog passionate families. Yeah. I grew up in a, in, a, in a dog passionate family. My dad actually owned a doggy daycare until just recently. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the biggest here in, in Reno and, and Christy didn't have that. But now, um, now she's got just an absolute bleeding heart um, for, for rescues and for dogs. And my kids in particular, my kids, um, uh, Piven, same, another similar story. We were watching, there's a movie called Rampage with Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. It's a throwback mm-hmm. to an old video game. And there was a scene in particular where um, uh, there's a giant wolf. Like it's like it's a 50 foot tall wolf or something like that. And it's eating and killing and destroying people and murdering. It's like, it's this bad wolf. And oh my and they, gosh. Right. And so all these helicopters and all of like the army's coming in and they're, they're attacking this wolf. And I look over <laughs> and Piven is crying. <laughs> It's like, what is wrong? Look, they're shooting that dog, Dad. <laughs> like, man, he could care less about the people getting eaten by the wolf. He just <laughs> the wanted wolf, to make sure that nobody the wolf was is terrorizing. Right. Yeah, and yeah. he's, oh, I love that. So, so that what it's done for our kids and what it's done for our family to really involve dogs and animals and that mm. compassion, um, I, I just don't think it can be understated. No, and I think, yeah, totally. And I think that's so valid in that they really do teach us how to love, how to be compassionate. They are so unconditional. Yep. You know, we don't deserve dogs, to be honest. But I totally um, agree. yeah, um, well, I love that. I love your story. I think we're definitely, just for everyone's sake, going to need to get Christy on one of these episodes with oh, us. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we've got to talk to her and listen to her go on and sob about some doggos, too, for sure. She has, a, <laughs> she, and she has a, that unique perspective that, um, that's since that's not the family that she grew up in. Totally. And then because she's the one that's doing a lot of the in person connecting, photographing, um, the families. Um, you know, she, she photographed. She photographed me and my dog goes. Yep, absolutely. and made me cry like a baby. Right. Uh, <laughs> And so that was really um, um, the kind of the inspiration behind this. Like there's just so many for, for the, the doggish podcast, there's so many things, whether it's the photography or the, whether it's the training, like that's, what's brought you and I together. Yeah. Right. It's what's brought my family together. Um, one of the things that we've recognized doing dog photography is that um, I don't think that we always give people the platform to be the dog parents that they feel in their hearts. Mm. Right? Like, like we do baby showers and we do, you know, birthday parties and we do all these things for kids and families. And our our culture says that dogs and animals and uh, they're all part of our family, but we don't necessarily give them that space. And so we really embrace that in the photography. And I really want to give um, dog moms and dog dads that space here with this podcast to um, to be parents. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that. Um... I think that this is just going to be an amazing and safe space, no matter what your opinion is or what side you're coming from. You know, we're just here to help us all have open dialogue so that you can glean the information that you need in order to just up your game as a pet parent. You know, I know for my husband and I, like our dogs are our kids. We don't have kids, you know, and I know that that's the same for a lot of people out there, especially in like, you know, high metropolitan areas where it's not always financially feasible to have kids. So I think that, um, because animals are so affordable. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I don't have to pay for it to go to college. That's true. And I mean, I'm in a different position though, because I also don't have to invest in training because I can do it myself. But 
all that kind of stuff. And I think like, um, I think, you know, we are going to talk dollars and cents too. like how much does it really cost? And maybe if you're out there and you love dogs and you're a dog lover and you don't think you have it in you to be a dog parent, we might just be here to inspire you and help you realize your dream of doing that because everybody deserves the love of a dog. I truly believe that. I agree. I totally agree. I agree. Agree. All right. So let's wrap this up. Uh, Let me move to my wrap up notes here. Mm, Wrap up notes. Okay. Yep. So um, obviously we want to thank everybody for joining us on this first one. I felt like it went pretty good. Like, how do you feel? Um, Yeah. I mean, I talked about myself a lot. So initial apologies on that. If you don't find my my story fascinating, but we cannot wait to share so many other stories, so many other people's stories. But uh, for our first episode, I feel like you're getting to know us as hosts and we hope that you want to spend some time with us because outside, like we only had to do one retake at the very beginning for the intro. That was it. I mean, he botched it. I mean, it was was bad. And then he got mad at me because I made him redo it anyways. Not that Um, so I'm going to, anything that we kind of talked about, I don't know if we talked about any particular products or brands or anything that would be relevant to, um, the dog parents out there, but if we did, they will be on our, uh, show notes, uh, dogish, uh, the dogish podcast.com. Um, make sure to jump over and check out our social media, uh, our Instagram. We don't have like TikTok or anything like that yet. Um, Not Instagram yet. will probably be our main one. We do have a Facebook page, which will populate there. And that's the dogish one G. Yep. One G. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, let's like. I want to make sure that we do a giveaway for each one. So maybe if we hit, you think a hundred is too low or too high. If we get a hundred subscribers. Oh man. I think that's that's maybe a little, that's a little, that's a little high. That's steep. Crazy. I'm just kidding. Hundred's good. So like, I've got this, check out my, my dog. I've got a dog dad mug here. So that'll be in the links, but we'll give it away a dog dad mug or Or dog dog mom. mom. Dog mom. I've got, we've got dog moms too. We're not uh, discriminating. Sorry for Jason's, uh, you know, lack of foresight. This is my mug that I've got today. So we'll give one of those away. If we can get to a new uh, one. Uh, not not Jason's mug, a, a clean one. When we get really big, people will probably prefer to have this mug. Just saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so if we can get to a hundred followers on Instagram, we'll give away one of those mugs. Sound good. Yeah. And then reach out to us too. But, uh, if there's a topic or a personality or something that you'd love for us to go over, um, touch on, talk about dissect. We want to know what you want to hear us ramble on about. And we're going to try and get these out every week. This is our first, we just barely snuck it in by the end of the year. Uh, and they are scheduled to come out every Tuesday. So make sure you put that on the subscribe button so that you know when that comes out. Um, but until next time, I've got a, a joke for you. I told you at the beginning the show that we had that i had a joke for you so maybe you've heard this one maybe not but are you ready for my joke well, lay it on us <laughs> what, what do you call a dog that doesn't bark what do you call it a hush puppy. oh no <laughs> i didn't say that ladies and gentlemen jokes. my co-host jason and oh, it's like a it's like a dad dog joke so yeah. a dog dad joke yeah we go. we're gonna start coining these we're gonna hashtag dog dad jokes yeah yeah so if you have if you have a good one message it to me and i'll i'll drop that one on our next show yeah let us know (laughs) all right that's all we got till next time thanks guys thanks guys bye